You know what I love about this? You can take whatever you want and you can leave the rest behind. I, I don't need you to agree with me or believe what I believe for any of this to, um, to be something that you have to do. So thank you for listening. It means a lot. Um, and yeah, I have zero conditions that you have to meet clearly because you can choose to listen as you want. So yeah, there's no fundamentals here. Um, just take whatever you want. And if what you get from these uh, episodes or clips feeds you, then great, um, take it. You know, freely you have received, freely give. That's that's the saying. So that's what I'm doing. You know, so just close your eyes and hold your hands out. And if you don't like what is placed in your hands, it's easy. You just let go. Uh, so here you go. Thanks for holding your hands out and being with me at the moment. Um, I sat down to type up a few notes about this episode and uh, kind of prompt what it is that I wanted to share today. So what you're about to receive is fresh from the garden like some sort of mint that's just been plucked. Today, I would love to dive into perspective and gratitude. So let's start with perspective. Uh, After I went through burnout several years ago, I read a book called Change Your Thinking by Sarah Edelman. And I read that book on recommendation from a family member who is a psychologist. And I sat down with her over lunch and I said, hey, what's one book that you would recommend anybody reads uh, if they want to get into the helping profession or the serving profession or transformation or change? Anything that has to do with helping people get from where they are to where they want to be. And the recommendation that came back from my family member was Change Your Thinking by Sarah Edelman. And it's a brilliant book. It's an introductory book into the world of CBT, Cognitive Behavioural Therapy. Uh, and very much worth a read. You don't have to be interested in uh, in those types of professions to get a lot out of it. Uh, if it, nothing else, it it's a heck of a perspective shifter. So I would say that the contents are grounds for pretty powerful transformations. And in one of the first public speaking gigs I did since I left um, my previous employer, I referenced uh, some content out of Change Your Thinking quite heavily. Um, particularly thinking errors, awesome stuff. But I won't get into that today. Nonetheless, I wanted to mention Change Your Thinking because even if you don't read that book or buy it or listen to it, um, there's enough in the title alone, right? Change Your Thinking. Uh, There's enough, if that's all you did, uh, you would get your money's worth out of it. (laughs) So most of us uh, don't realize though that thought and changing your thinking is both spiritual and material in nature. So thought is science and art. It's formless and it's formed. So change your thinking. Why would this be the gateway into a new life for so many people? And the reason why changing our thinking is that gateway into a new life is because when we shift our perspective We create the space for our thoughts to follow and for change to occur. So today is about perspective and gratitude. And uh, I jotted this down. Enjoy. Your perspective is the garden bed and the soil from which your thoughts grow. And thoughts create your reality. Thought creates your experience of life so that life can experience itself. And you too 
create thoughts that are the fabric of your existence. I like it. Your perspective is the garden bed and soil from which your thoughts grow. So you've heard me talk before about how uh, it appears that we all exist in separate realities, right? Separate realities being different experiences of a singular truth. And that truth is that no one sees the world precisely as you do. In fact, your perspective is never stationary. So it's not actually until you exist in this strange paradox of simultaneous stillness and constant movement that you realize the whole never changes, but the parts within that whole never stand still. I'm just going to leave that there. You can hit rewind. Most of the stuff you're listening to has a go back by 15 or 30 seconds thing. Just play that back if you want to try and get a little perspective. So why do perspective and gratitude go hand in hand? Um, the reason why is because when we shift our perspective, and we particularly when our perspective changes from within, that's what we call an insight, everything changes, literally everything. And our capacity to see anew is one of life's greatest gifts. So to see ourselves or another person through the eyes of love, uh, it's to see a darkened room illuminated with light. A shift in perspective is a window into wisdom, or I would, I would better say a shift in perspective is a crack in the fabric of reality that allows the light to simultaneously flow in and out. I love that, that image, right? That there's some sort of fabric or cloth in front of our eyes, you know, that, that kind of masks what's going in. And if you can just poke enough if you can just get the scissors out and cut a little slit in that fabric of reality and you go, what is behind the curtain? What were they on about in The Wizard of Oz? Now, a shift of perspective is a window into wisdom. That's why perspective and gratitude are so powerfully intertwined. Your ability to see with a clear mind and to connect with each other with a clean heart and to quench your thirst from the fresh waters of your soul. That is the life source itself manifest in you. A clear mind connecting with an open and clear heart and to quench your thirst from the fresh waters of your soul. I think that's a little bit of what life is like. So perspective, right? Seeing more is an outcome of light and openness. So just think about it, right? It's like drawing back the blinds in your house when the sun is up so that you can let the light in and see what was already there. And that's why we equate lightness with joy, with clarity and warmth. And what is the ultimate perspective? I have come to see that the ultimate perspective is to see through the eyes of truth and love and that's what occurs when our perspective changes um, i mentioned before separate realities and i think this is a rather funny cosmic joke that's been played on us because we don't actually see differently with our five senses and what you and i might 
describe as sight using our eyes. We see from within, and that's an insight, right? You strike a match and light a fire from within so as to illuminate what was always there. You look within so that you can see what was without. And what was without was simply unseen due to a lack of light. Just because you can't see it with your eyes doesn't mean it isn't there. And you know this, right? We all know this on a very basic and a deeply powerful level. We know this on a scientific and a spiritual level. If you walk into a room and you can't see with your eyes, just because you can't see what's in the room doesn't mean it's not there. Right? Sometimes maybe we walk around in the dark and we find out what's there by walking into it or stumbling our way through and getting hurt. It tends to be my experience that if you go into a dark room, if you turn the light on, it's a lot easier to navigate and it's actually a lot, a lot less scary. But it can also be fun to you know, stumble around in the dark from time to time. So you know this, right, on a, on a spiritual level and also on a very simple level that just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. When something lights up inside you, that is inspiration. That is love. I will give you this powerful image that came to me. Can you imagine walking into a dark room and lighting a candle? And when you light that candle, a thousand other candles are simultaneously lit And in that one amazing room, there you are surrounded by every soul that has ever loved you and ever will love you. And they're all holding a humble little flame in their hands just so that you can see them. That's inspiration. That's light. There's no need to be afraid of the dark. Most of us as kids pick up some message that the dark is scary. It's not true, right? Darkness is not scary. It really is just a lack of light. So here's my new definition of darkness. Like I said up front, take it. uh, And if you don't like it, leave it behind. So darkness is the seed of joy in the soil of life waiting to penetrate the walls of fear and grow in the light of love. I'm just going to say that again, right? Darkness is the seed of joy in the soil of life, waiting patiently to penetrate the walls of fear and grow up and out in the light of love. There's no coincidence that a lot of plants need light in order to grow. It's the same with us. <laughs> We're plants. <laughs> I love plants. Um, that's things I thought I would never say, number 3,416. I love plants. Uh, gee, that wasn't part of the five-year plan five years ago. So here's what happens when your perspective shifts enough. When your perspective shifts enough, you experience gratitude. And I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, Many of you will probably be familiar or have at least heard of the Resilience Project and you know, one of the simplest concepts that they, they provide people to go through is GEM, which is gratitude, empathy and mindfulness. And just simply practicing gratitude uh, every day. When I was going through burnout uh, several years ago, 
the resilience project was a lifesaver I'll call it what it was um, and I just remember the, the the tiny mention of just be grateful for who you are and what you have and the advice that was given was don't even try and list what you're grateful for just go what are three things that went well today that simple process was powerful for me at the end of every day just to shift my thinking and perspective toward what was and what one could be grateful for instead of what wasn't or what we were longing for so I was grateful for the resilience project reminding me to be grateful <laughs> and recently I listened to um, a book Inner Engineering by Sadhguru and there's a reference in it um, and it's paraphrased by uh, a longer statement by Saadi the Gulistan so listen to this ah listen to this I cried because I had no shoes until I met a man with no feet I cried because I had no shoes until I met a man with no feet mate if I just shut up and let you guys listen to that for the next five minutes in silence I think you'll get more than listening to my voice out of it I cried because I had no shoes until I met a man with no feet now, last episode, I talked about comparison. I'm not, I'm not mentioning this phrase to say, be happy because of other people's lack. I'm saying this for a couple of reasons. The first is, when we are shrunk down and our thoughts and our perspective is so narrow that it only focuses on ourselves, right? when I am the most important thing in the world and the only thing, you get an even more distorted perspective of reality. And here I am crying because I've got no shoes. But it's actually through the power of shared humanity and connection, right? Between being in this life with everyone else, right? Not against them or not even next to them, but being in it with them. That's a perspective and a game changer. I cried because I had no shoes until I met a man with no feet. Yet here I am. I'm sure the next lines that were never written were, and one, I was grateful to be that man with no feet. You can do pretty amazing things when you don't have what everybody else has, and you can do even more amazing things when you don't think you should have or be like everybody else. So I'll give you a few things. Uh, again, take it or leave it. I'll be, I'll be up, up front and honest, right? I have complained about a lot of stuff in my life. So I'm just going to rattle off a few things that maybe you've complained about as well. I certainly have. We complain about our money. You complain about your partner. You complain about your lack of time. You complain about your body. And you complain about your kids. Etc. Etc. Right? The list goes on. I'm sure if I just said what are 10 things that you could reflectively find yourself complaining about, there they are, complaining about your money, complaining about your partner, complaining about your lack of time, your body or your kids. And it's really easy to complain about that sort of stuff until your perspectives shifts. When you meet someone who has none of these things, no money, no kids, no health, no time, no partner, no feet. 
Experience and connection are powerful conduits for reality checks. And then the narrative starts up inside. Yes, yes, yes. Other people might have it better off or worse than I do, but that's their situation, not mine, right? My reality is different. My situation is different. Have you ever thought that? Have you ever thought, "Mm, that's nice for them or I'm sorry for them, but that's their situation. My situation is different. Of course it is, right? And 100% of your experience of your situation is determined by your thoughts and by your beliefs and your narrative about it. It is what it is. What you choose to experience of it is up to you. I don't know if you can hear it, but it is pouring outside. It really is. That's wonderful, unless you think it's not. So, my situation is different. When you realize that, when you realize that your situation is different because of this separate realities thing, 100% of the responsibility then sits on your shoulders to say, okay, so your situation is different, so you are different. What do you want to do about that? Who would you like to be given that situation? Who would you like to be given your circumstances? That's up to you to choose. And we do it most of the time through thought and a lot of the time through action. Now you've heard the uh, the saying you don't know what you've got till it's gone and I don't know whose quote I'm about to butcher but I'm about to get out my chopping knife and do it. I heard this wonderful quote that gratitude is not wanting for more, it is wanting more of what you already have, right? It, it's not. It's not about wanting things to be any way other than they are and being able to find the gold in that. I mentioned that experience is a really powerful conduit for reality checks. And in the past, I have struggled to hear complaints, which we would use old language that I think is now inappropriate for from the viewpoints of some, but you talk about first world problems. I don't think we use that phrase anymore, but let's just talk about people whose problems seem to be much bigger than than others on the outside. It's really easy, right, to hear someone going through something difficult or complaining about what we might consider to be menial stuff, but it is significant to them. One thing that I wish people could have is powerful perception changing moment of experience. Let me give you a couple of examples. I was so humbled to go and serve in a soup kitchen where we were able to provide some food and some clothing for people who didn't have any. And in a weird way, A lot of service in that sort of sense can be done still based on ego, on inferiority and superiority and perceiving that what somebody else doesn't have that you have means anything. Nonetheless, if somebody does come with their hands open asking to receive and you have the capacity to give, it feels really good to be able to give. And that may not be material things of this world, 
even if you just give of your attention and your time and your presence and your love, a hug can do more things for somebody than a million dollars would. So getting experience in going out and actually being in the situation, not just observing it from a distance. And I've been lucky enough to head over to Thailand a few times to just help other human beings out. And I won't go into detail about it now, but there was a need and I had a means to make a difference and help. And so I chose to do that. And um, actually there's this book that I was put onto by a, a cool human being back at my old work, uh, which was called The Algebra of Happiness. And um, a great book. I don't know if I've talked about it before, but in it there's this this cool little equation, which is lion is greater than the car, which talks about you know, people overvalue things and undervalue experiences. So the equation lion is greater than the car um, just refers to go and have life-changing experiences and save your money and go and buy a cheap car instead of splashing out on some sort of expensive car and not having real life experiences. We tend to overvalue things and undervalue experiences, but experience is a wonderful catalyst to change a perspective. Right. Equally, a shift in perspective is an incredible catalyst to reshape your experience. It goes both ways. You can be exactly where you are right now and change your perspective, change your thinking, and your circumstances will absolutely change, even though nothing seems to have moved. It's a real head trip. Yet, despite many of us who can have experiences and tell stories of life-changing experiences, it's still in our human nature to default sometimes to woe is me. Everybody has had a pity party for themselves where everybody else has, has, has had it better than them, right? Woe is me, poor me, what about me, right? When we are in that space of woe is me, something is occurring. What you are experiencing is the smallness of self instead of the reality of selflessness. I'll say it again. Whenever I am experiencing woe is me, I am operating in the smallness of myself instead of the reality of selflessness. What some people would describe as oneness. It really changes when instead of looking at my neighbor and thinking, what have they got that I don't? If I go, hmm, that neighbor and I are both sharing this human experience and that's pretty cool that they're doing it with a different bunch of beliefs or toys or thoughts or actions or circumstances. If you can come back to this one thing, this one life that is experiencing us in 8 billion different ways, it's kind of reassuring to always being able to go home to the one <laughs> because then we're not distracted by trying to keep up with 8 billion other human beings. That's pretty tiring. You know, they say ignorance is bliss on a number of levels. Um, that's true, right? Ignorance is bliss because if you don't know, then you don't know, right? But 
If you get exposed to other peoples for the sake of shared humanity, if you go and shake the hand of another, if you break bread, if you love thy neighbor, right, it is easy for us to ignore others if we keep retreating from our call to love them. Or as I like to say, it is easy for us to ignore the needs of another human being if we continue to hide in our tiny mansions. So, we end up with an opinion on everything and an experience of nothing. How much of your reality is shaped by beliefs and concepts and thoughts that are detached from experience? Right? Have you ever walked and broken bread with a, a gay person or somebody that's the opposite gender preference to you? Have you ever loved someone of a contrasting skin color? Have you ever danced with someone from a different religion in the presence of God? Have you given to the poor? Have you actually given them something of worth? And when I say have you given to the poor, have you placed it into their hands? Have you given it to them and have you hugged them? Or did you simply sanitize it with an electronic transfer of funds on your way to the supermarket where you're about to spend 10 times the amount of your donation? I'm not saying this to make you feel guilty. I'm just asking a question. Have you had the experience of giving to another by placing your hand into theirs? Or have you just had the cognitive offloading of perceived guilt by making a transfer to someone that you don't know? The most valuable thing that you could give to another person in need with their hand outstretched would be your own hand. And yet it's easier for so many of us sometimes just to make a bank transfer. Hmm? It's like giving cash to somebody for their birthday. Because it's just easier than having to go to the effort of actually thinking about who they are and what they might need and really love and want. We choose the easy path to avoid guilt instead of the hard, harder part to learn from experience. There's a guy at uh, my old work who had the opportunity that many people don't have to take their kids on holidays every year. And I just, ah oh man, I value the friendship of this guy, who some of you will know. And he had a really beautiful philosophy which was given his circumstances and his options that he had in his life. When he did go on holidays with the kids, they would split it into two parts. The first was a trip to go and spend a week serving the needs of other people. And those were eye-opening and life-changing experiences, not just ideas in a book, you know, or beliefs that you can uphold, but going and being in places around the planet where people were in need by their own admissions and being able to serve them powerfully. So the first week of holidays was spent in service. And then the second week of, of holidays would be spent in the standard, uh, you know, storybook version of it. I'm sure there would be sun and relaxing and, you know, lovely family time together. But what an awesome gift to provide opportunities for shared humanity on the way to also the close-knit experience of family bonding time.
Really cool model. And this is it, right? This life is shared humanity. I wrote this down and I'd, I'd love to read it to you twice. This life is shared humanity. This life is not about observed difference from a distance, right? This life is not about observed difference from a distance. That is way too easy to do, to take a really disconnected and separate stance and viewpoint of another and to judge them from a distance by amplifying the differences. The truth is that the more your perspective shifts from the narrow lens of self, the more you grow into the big picture and you realize that difference lives in the smallest of places. Difference is simply the tiny toppings each of us sprinkle on the same meal that we are all eating, this delicious meal of life, right? Some people like to sprinkle salt or pepper. I like hot sauce on top of my meals but we get distracted by the toppings and the tiny little differences instead of realizing that we are all here to break bread together and eat the same meal of life and drink from the same cup of life. That's what shared humanity is around the table, right? listening, being in presence with each other instead of just reading about it in a book or observing it at a distance through the television. Get in to life. Because the more you are in life, the more it is in you. And you don't feel so numb and disconnected and isolated. The more separate and divided that you feel, because I can say this for myself, the more separate and divided I feel, the more likely it is that I am majoring in the minors, that I'm focusing on difference and lack instead of abundance. I have so many experiences to be grateful for because I've been in situations that reminded me of what I had and that's an absolute gift right it's so easy to sit here and think about what we don't have a lot of advertising is trying to convince you about what you don't have or it's trying to convince you that there's a threat of you losing what you have and the distraction and fear in a future of what you might lose or the the fragility of you not being enough right now, that's not serving you well, right? You have more than enough if you can just shift your perspective to see it and to experience it. There's so much to be grateful for. And if you want to be grateful, shift your perspective. Yet here is something that struck me. I was thinking about what the pinnacle of gratitude is for the richest people on the planet, which is probably some of you guys listening to this, probably me. If you want to know why I'm saying that, have a listen to my last podcast about comparison. How many times have you heard this when somebody returns from an overseas trip or a long holiday and you say, how was it? And they're like, yeah, it was lovely. It was, it was great but I'm really grateful to be back in my own bed. Is that the pinnacle of gratitude for us? To return from a, a holiday 
to our oversized homes and comfortable beds because we had to sleep out of poverty in beds that were too hard or too soft while we were holidaying, right? People, we're taking $30,000 holidays and we come back grateful for our own beds because the beds there were not fit for a king. Is that it? Are we really like most grateful to come home to a comfy bed? Maybe that's why we are so lonely, right? For lonely is the king that sits atop their throne, yet knows nobody, not even themselves. Lonely is the king that sits atop their throne, yet knows nobody, not even themselves. It's lonely at the top. Because the more you elevate yourself, the less people will be there to see you, to love you, to connect with you. We put ourselves on pedestals or we bury ourselves in the ground and there is a middle ground, right? That's the layer where the soil meets the, the surface and things grow there. It's lonely at the top, right? Come back down the ground level, plant a seed in the soil, get your hands dirty. Like, shift your perspective, right? Be grateful. I'll say it again. Be grateful. Because the opposite is clearly the great emptiness. And gratefulness is here now. If you just look, you will see it. And if you can't see it with your own two eyes, close your eyes, light a match inside, and see what other candles appear. There's so much to be grateful for. Shift your perspective, your thoughts will change and your world will never be the same again. Goodbye. Thanks so much for listening and sharing this space with me. I really, really hope this has served you well and it continues to do so for years to come. I love helping others, so if you would like to experience the power of creating together, please reach out to me. I'm here to help. And if you want to be on the podcast and leave a legacy, check out the contact details on my website, lyndonrochford.com, or you can find me on Facebook. I'd love to hear your story before I go. Wishing you so much love from the inside out. I'll see you soon.